Good evening, everyone. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, before we get into the show tonight, quick little heads up, little content advisory here. We are going to be talking about the American education system, and we may get into how uh, race may have affected uh, some aspects of American education system. So we'll be talking about some some subjects related to that, just so you're aware before we get into it. Good evening. Welcome to the table. Thanks for joining us at the Will and Dave show. Hey, Will. Hey, Dave. How's it going? It's gone. How was your week? <laughs> Drab. Okay, so before we get into the week, we need to thank our sponsors because we do have a Pay few. the bills. Yeah. I'm going to say thank you to Rafter G Land and Cattle because they're really cool and I'm going to move them back in the middle of the screen because I had them off in the middle. And they were the ones who needed uh, some help on their computers, and they called me up because I guess I'm a bit of a nerd. And they said, hey, Dave, would you help us? And I said, sure, because you're friends and family. And, and they said, why don't we pay you? And I said, how about not? And so I used their money to sponsor the show. <laughs> so they're an unwitting sponsor. They are an unwilling and an unwitting sponsor. It's yes, third best kind of sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll also thank our sponsors, Kelly and Dottie Hardy, who through their donation to the to the podcast helped fund this lovely microphone you see before me, hiding my uh, double chins. But yeah, through their gracious contribution, we were able to help kickstart the show. I thought the we're beard hides your double chins. I, th- I thought that's why yeah, I was yeah. supposed to be growing I, a beard. I've got so many of them, I need I need multiple layers to hide it. And we have the one more here. We have one more sponsor, except I'm gonna let her speak for herself. Hi, I'm Susan. I'm a compulsive quilter. There, I've admitted it. I love all the processes that go into the making of a quilt. In my mind, there is no comfort in the world like that of being wrapped up in a handmade quilt. And I love doing it all from petting the fabric to cutting it up in little pieces to sewing it back together or adding the quilting touch. I love all of that stuff. It truly is my therapy. And if you're a quilt maker too, but some of those processes do not come as easily for you, or maybe you've got a stack of works in progress in your closet and you can't quite get them finished, let me help you with that. I would be delighted to offer long arming services. I accept quilts by mail from anywhere in North America. I also, if you are already a long armor, will coach you with your quilting. So if you want to develop your freehand quilting skills, which is basically doodling with a 50 pound pencil, I can help you with that too. So on my website, you can find a list of courses and online classes that are available, lots of pictures of my work, answers to many questions, and of course, ways to contact me. So my website is stitchedbysusan.com. Now, if you're not a quilter and you don't care if you never see another piece of fabric again, you just want the quilty hug, got a solution for you too. In my Etsy shop, I have a selection of fully finished quilts, all 100% handmade by me, different sizes, different styles, different colors, hopefully a little something for everyone. So those can be found at Etsy.com and my shop name is Stitched by Susan 2015. So check those out. Meantime, I've got to get back to quilting. So enjoy the rest of the Will and Dave show. See, she does a much better job than we ever could selling her products. I, I I think she she should keep doing her own sponsorship. Well, in the show. in the in the interest of full transparency, she asked me to do that for her quite a while ago, 
and uh, mm. you didn't. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> did it? Did it sit on the honeydew list for a little while? <laughs> it did. It's been sitting <laughs> on my computer. We have a new listener this evening, William. A whole. Mr. Monty Laylisher, he is our pastor at our church, which means you really have to be good this time. He's not the pastor at my church, but I, I will be good. Yeah, <laughs> I just appreciate you pronouncing his last name for me because I wasn't 100% sure how to do it, so I left it to you. See, I brought him on the show as a listener because I know that our ratings need to go up on YouTube. How to fix the algorithm. You don't swear. <laughs> so if there's a pastor in the audience, maybe you won't swear as much. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the algorithm. See how that Watch works me. Well? <laughs> I'll find a way, I'm sure. So your week was a little bit of a drab week? Yeah, just, I did a lot of driving for work, so. Gotcha. It's, it's not bad. You get lots of time with the open road, self-reflection, all that yeah. good stuff. Well, I didn't I going... share with everybody my excitement from the week before because the last Friday... Right before the show, I uh, had to swallow my pride and admit that I was involved in an at-fault accident. Not only was it an at-fault accident, it was at 100% a Dave-screwed-up accident. <laughs> and, and so this week, all week, I've been dealing with insurance. Hmm. And if there is any penance for wrecking a car... It should be dealing with the insurance companies. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a pain in the neck, even more yes. than the ticket and the cost. It's just it's dealing with yeah. the insurance. I work for insurance companies, and they're a pain in the neck. Yes, it's yes. Yeah. I, I don't I don't enjoy it in the slightest. <laughs> but we have a guest, William. We do. We do have a guest. Yes. Would you like to introduce uh, our guest, the guest? Our guest today is Faith Gerber. Uh, absolutely no relation to us whatsoever. We say that no for or yeah. none that she admits. Anyways. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. We, would, we wouldn't want her to have to, have to admit to that. But no, uh, she works uh, within the education system, and we figure well, we're talking about the American education system and how uh, race may may be a factor in that. And so we thought, who better to bring in and talk about it? Well, I'm going to kick you off the screen. You can take. A Please break, do. And Please I'm do. going to introduce Faith Gerber. Faith, let me unmute your mic. How's it going? Good, thank you. Good awesome. to be here. Oh, you you don't want to say that too early. It's it's still the beginning of the evening. You might not be saying that by the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've watched a few of your shows, so I think I'm fairly well prepared. Yeah, sorry about that. You are muted, William, so go away. I heard that. So one of the <laughs> things that we do is we get get to play explain that picture and it's okay it's not mean i promise i'm not a mean sort <laughs> of guy <laughs> what's this one uh that picture is i believe my first half marathon so i'm a runner long distance runner and i did a couple of half marathons in the last few years um that was at i believe st joseph's winery in central here in uh, the willamette valley so that was so at the I end believe of it. if you look hard in the picture in the back, there's a guy with a donut. Yep. Weighs about 400 pounds, and he's sitting yeah, there he's and he's looking spectator. at you, saying, "How come it took her so long to get around?" While he's, well, he's <laughs> relaxing in his easy chair. So congratulations on a half oh marathon. God. That's awesome. Well, thank you. This one has a little bit of a story to it. It does. 
I don't remember what year that was, but we were living in Northern California at the yeah. time, and you and Sue had flown to Reno, so we drove over to meet you. Yes. And I don't know if it was just, a, did we just spend the day together, or yep. if it was a couple of days, a weekend, I think? Yep. Anyway, this was right before we all parted ways, and it was in the morning, and we decided we were going to play around a mini golf. And the deal was that the couple who won would be treated to lunch. Well, it was a tie. So, so. did we go Dutch or what did we do? Yes, we did. We absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> that sounds like something I'd do anything to get out of out of buying lunch. Just there you go. I'll play for a tie. Nice boots. Uh yeah. That was actually a beautiful day. Um, borrowed those boots from somebody. I don't remember. Maybe my, an aunt or an uncle. I don't know. Anyway, I went, my uncle Will had a boat and we were crabbing. So, yeah, so we where were is all that? set for, that is, is it in Oregon Newport. Coast? It is Newport. Yeah. I think it was probably 2015, the first year we moved to Oregon. Okay. I thought I recognized uh, the bridge in the background, so. Yes, that's the Yaquina Bay Bridge. And this one? Oh, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> this is the one I didn't show you before the show. I give everybody the heads up, but this one I brought out. Uh-huh. I said, I'm going to surprise you with one. Yeah, for sure. So what year were you married? Oh, Faith, I don't remember these Nin- details. 1994. 1994. Yeah. So we had our 25th anniversary last year. No, two years ago now. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to believe, huh? You know what that means? It means we're getting old. It does. And it means we have kids who are getting older, too. I have one on the other side of the screen here who is, he keeps telling me that he's not that old, honestly, but he is old and will. You need to unmute yourself. I do. Thank you. As much as I don't really want to listen to you. I was researching something, and I did not realize I was back on the camera. Uh, Oh, hi. You're back on the camera, Will. So we began this a week ago with, or no, two weeks ago, and we were on Jayla. Yes. We were talking about about this paper that appeared in in the, uh, yeah, was it the Blaze? No, Daily Wire. And they were saying, the Daily Wire is what we found it from. Yeah, yeah and they're saying, ah, racism in math, how stupid is that, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so, so usually I read these things and I take them with a grain of salt and I say, okay, so, so where's the real story behind this? And so again, so a few weeks ago, it, it was the racism angle and how it is, and is it a racism issue? It, and luckily you were at our house that weekend, Faith, and so I, I said- was what does it mean from the other angle, like in the schools and what does it mm-hmm. mean in the schools? And I, I reached out to you and said, Hey Faith, would you be willing to come and share your opinions about this in the school? And I kept you up all night as you were reading it. So I'm going <laughs> <I was. laughs> to ask you, what is your opinion of the paper? Cause I know you've read it. Yes. Well, what are your thoughts? Um, I should preface it first by saying that I am an administrator, a principal of a private Christian school. We have preschool through fifth grade. I also taught in private Christian education for over 25 years. And so my perspective is obviously 
heavily influenced by my experience. Um, I was, I've had some experience in the public sector as well, working as an aide, um, and also did my student teaching in a Title I school here in Oregon. So that's a school where the there's a lot of kids who are from lower socioeconomic families. And um, so I had one semester of actual teaching and observing experience in public school. So um, from, from my perspective, I guess to me, the most important thing of all of, in, in all of these situations, we have this particular document, the pathway to yeah, equitable deal. math instruction. Um, there's common core. There's so many things that come down the pike that are really, really, people have strong opinions about them and they're very divisive in some ways. And I guess I always look back to something my dad told me when I was a kid. And he said, whatever comes at you, you have to look and see what is in it that could be truth. You know, there may be parts of it you disagree with. There may be parts of it that are dead wrong, but there's usually something you can gain. So when I looked at the pathway to equitable math instruction, um, of course, and I had heard a lot of these things on social media, on the news about, oh, yeah, they're saying two plus two equals five. And um couple of things stood out to me first and, and I'm in no way defending it um, but I do want to provide a little bit of context because I think it's important that as parents as educators as as commentators that we can acknowledge different sides of of an opinion and recognize that there are good and bad elements in any given, um, document or whatever. So right. in this one, it's for middle school and high school. It was mm -hmm. actually originally put together for middle school. So when they say, you know, coming up with two different answers, that's actually quite possible in middle school. If you have a quadratic equation, mm -hmm. you can't, there are two correct answers. Um, but when you go to looking at the, the racist part of it, there's a whole huge background of, of a belief system that informs this particular document. And if you, don't, if you don't subscribe to those beliefs, you disagree with what they're saying. Um, th to me, the biggest, the biggest thing to realize is that as teachers, we should be doing a lot of the things they recommend. Are they racist? <laughs> I don't think most, many of them are not. But many of the things that they recommend and they state are anti-racist are really just good practices in the classroom. Can you give us a couple of examples possibly of, of what sure. some of the standout things were for you? Yeah. So like, for example, the, the one of having multiple um, that they where they say that there's let it, letting kids come to different conclusions. Um, one of the statements is showing your work requiring students to show your work is racist. And so you should allow kids to find different ways of demonstrating their knowledge. And every educator today knows that that is, that it is true. You should let kids do that. Mm -hmm. So for example, the common algorithm of, um, let's just take 21 plus 15. 
And mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do this in my head because I'm a very visual person. <laughs> but if you take 21 plus 15, if you were going to do that in the traditional way, you would add the one and the five first, mm-hmm. and then you'd add the other two numbers. And I will never, as long as I live, forget of sixth grader that I had many years ago, a redheaded boy who really struggled with reading, but he was amazing in math. And he could do mental math like nobody you could you could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I finally, one day, just like, okay, you've, you've got to show me how you do this. Because he didn't do well with writing. So he didn't show his work very well. And mm-hmm. so he explained to me, he was like, well... 21 plus 15 is really easy. It's 20 and 10 is 30. Mm. Thank you, Dave. And one plus five is six. So 36. So he added the 10 first, (laughs) right? But then there's also another way of doing it where kids count by tens. 21, Mm. 31, and then they add five, which is 36. Mm. So in this particular document what they want teachers to do is allow kids to demonstrate their knowledge in a way that's comfortable for them in a way that of course they're emphasizing aligns with their race or their cultural background maybe doing a tiktok Mm -hmm. video or an interpretive dance i think those were the two examples i think those are the two examples they gave yeah yeah and honestly, there are some kids who need to move to do their math. I have, I've had mm-hmm. students who could not, could not learn their multiplication tables. But when I let them do hopscotch at the same time as they were saying their multiplication tables, they learned them. Mm-hmm. So it goes way beyond race, I guess, is my biggest um, right. issue with this, is that they've narrowed it down to such a, such, such a small element that contributes to education. In our society as a whole, race is huge. In the classroom, Mm -hmm. it's only one of many, many factors that teachers need to acknowledge when they're teaching their kids. It was interesting. So were they laser focused and and kind of pinned it on one specific factor? It's it's only a, as you say, only a small portion of the of the right of the big picture. Right. And I guess what what really kind of because I had to go digging a little bit, I could not figure out why there were there were words that they consistently referred back to um, that were bad, you know, that they framed as being bad. And um, anything that had to do with capitalism, anything that had to do with money, um, the exchange of money, anything that had to do with uh, a power position in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I, I finally understood it a little better when I went back and listened to a video by Dr. Ibram Kendi. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's the one who wrote the book, How to Be a Racist. And a couple of quotes that he said in this video that I was watching, he said, capitalism and racism are conjoined twins. And he said that the origins of racism can't be separated from the origins of capitalism because slaveholders shaped economic policy in the United States and that the slave trade was essential to the accumulation of wealth in Europe. So mm-hmm. coming from that particular belief, I think is what has caused so many to say, you know, anything that has to do with somebody who's in authority Anything that has to do with capitalism mm-hmm. is clumped in there together as being racist because of our history. Right. 
I'm going to interject yeah. here, Will. Yeah, by all means. This is interesting as as soon as I read this and I called William and I, <clears throat> I was all hot to trot. I was all mad and thinking <laughs> not as much at the at the racism issue. It just was it seemed like it was this huge issue which had been around for a long time. I mean, <laughs> this has been taught for like 11 years, I think, or nine years. I can't remember the exact year. And so, and so I'm on the phone with Will and I'm hollering and yelling. And he said, but they might be right, Dad. It may be, it may be that it's right in some areas. And mm-hmm. I hate to admit it because <laughs> this is being recorded, but Will, maybe you were right. <laughs> People can't hear me doing a little happy dance, but I am. If you do your happy dance, I'm going to turn your camera off. I do have the control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you saying you're an authority figure there, Dave? Got a bit of a power imbalance going on here? Yes, there's definitely a power imbalance. <laughs> so it was this into- is what more families need to do because there are so many co-workers and family members who are divided over the issue. And when we look when we look at God's creation and the vast diversity that there is, that's what that's what God values and that that's what he sees as beauty is the diversity of it. But we look at it and have to equate it with right and wrong, with good and bad. And it we lose when we take that diversity and make it divisive. Well, and honestly, for William and for me, I, th- I think there was an acknowledgement in that equating it with race may have been a bit of a stretch and it may have been going overboard in one angle of this mm-hmm. argument or, or of the article, except it was not, it just, it gets often, you know, all of it is garbage and we throw the whole thing away. If there's a nugget of truth right. in, in this case, it right. isn't a nugget of truth. It's actually a lot of truth. It just, there is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. it's sort of, it's wrapped in something which is so divisive in society right yes. now. Yes. Yeah, and if you go to their website. A... Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. So if, you, if, you, if you go to their website under the frequently asked questions, one of the questions is, does this mean math is racist? And the answer was absolutely not. The whole premise is that it's, it's how it's taught that can be based on inequality and racism and and that's something that i would you know i don't necessarily agree with but they're not saying that math is racist when you get down there and and knuckle in and hear somebody and say does that mean that two plus two is five well no they're not saying that but they're saying that you should be willing to allow kids to show their work how they understand it that they should collaborate and work together Um, This was another big one that was in there was the whole. And of course, it's framed as being in a position of power is wrong for the teacher. A teacher has to have a position of power to maintain authority and control of the class. So there has to be some of that. But if a teacher all day is talking and and just imparting knowledge to the student, I'm the great wise one and you are going to learn what I know. It's a. It's a teacher that should be fired because if the teacher is not allowing students to learn from each other, 
I'm sorry, Faith, I'm going to interrupt you. You need to, you need yeah. to retract that as William's going to use that to his mother because he was homeschooled <laughs> and he's going to tell her that she should have been fired. So I could, so I want a but retraction. You know, okay. <laughs> okay. Thing, Mom didn't, she didn't that. talk to us for, 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 for long periods of time. She let us in many, I'm not going to say she like left us to our own devices, but she let us teach ourselves as much as we yeah. reasonably could. And then yes. she would offer assistance when we needed it or when she thought we needed it. Perfect. And so it, it was very much not her directly teaching us everything. It was uh-huh. more her providing a healthy environment to, to foster us, teach right. us learning things. Oh, William, you're right. such a kiss up. No. No, he, he but that's, <laughs> that is so I was the troublemaker, right. man. I was not a kiss up. I'm not a kiss up. <laughs> Any teacher who has read Vygotsky knows that social learning is a huge, huge factor in the classroom. And if we don't let kids learn from each other, we're robbing them. I love that. And I want to write that down. If we don't let the kids learn from each other, we're robbing them. Although I would like to point out, I learned nothing from my siblings because they're all beneath me. (laughs) it's a no, good thing let, none of them watch the show isn't it <laughs> let's be real i was not at the top of the pecking order in that classroom megan was that there is no world in which i was at the top of that food chain none Mm -hmm. I will let you know, William, I don't think any of us are at the top of Megan's food chain except for Megan, Chad, (laughs) and now Kendra. (laughs) So it was interesting. Yeah, go ahead. It it was interesting in our conversations. We were talking about this over breakfast after after the show with Jayla, and you mentioned there's a correlation now with Common Core. Mm Mm-hmm. And the brouhaha with Common Core and how horrible it is and everything. And you said, but wait a minute. Would you go into that a little bit? Again, explain your explanation or, or the correlation well, there a bit. For, for someone like me from Canada, well, what is Common Core? Common Core is a set of standards that many states in the United States align with and use to just as um, academic standards for education. So they came out, oh my goodness, this is embarrassing. I don't remember what year, maybe 2010. I'm not sure. Um, But they were very, very poorly implemented. There were a few states, well, maybe it was narrowed down to a few districts that actually did anything really productive as far as including the parents in the process. So what they did is basically, and I'm just, just talking about math here, they they changed the way everybody did math. So Mm -hmm. students, instead of learning what we call the algorithm, which is the traditional way of doing a math problem, let's say long division. um, Instead of doing that, the focus with the common core is to make sure the child understands the concept. And again, it connects with this equitable math because equitable math states that it's racist to... Um, oh, I can't remember which way they put it now. There's a there's the controversy between um, procedural knowledge, like knowing how to do the math mm-hmm. problem, mm-hmm. and the conceptual knowledge. Right. And you have to have the concept before you can successfully use the procedure. Right. So let me explain that. If you don't understand what it means to divide, 
and that dividing is taking something up and splitting it into its parts, Mm -hmm. it doesn't do you any good to know the process of long division. Right. Right. So what Common Core has done is taken many of those math concepts and sought to make them visible, to make it so that kids can put their thinking on paper. But they went a step further than that and actually taught many of those different ways of doing specific types of, of math problems. So kids all of a sudden are coming home from school and their parents can't help them with their math anymore. And to me, that's a crime. That's the worst thing about common core is that it eliminated a hugely important element of student support because parents were not included. I don't blame a single parent for hating common core. They have every right to be frustrated and hate it. And there are some things that I think are off the wall. You know, some of the, the, some of the things in literacy and even math that they expect kindergartners to be able to do. I think some of those are really unrealistic. But again, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think especially as as conservatives or as people who who prefer to to maintain a traditional way of doing things, we tend to just get irate at anything that that is change. And we we're not willing mm-hmm. enough sometimes, I think, to look at what could be good about it. It's true. Mm-hmm. I this is all with- this is all wonderful. <laughs> I, I love hearing you talk about how how there's a I don't want to quite say finding middle ground, but finding common ground. Yeah. Within this 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 particular policy, but with the common mm-hmm. core and with everything else, how there's there's value to be taken from it, even if you don't buy the entire right. thing in its in its Absolutely. entirety. There's always something to be gleaned from it, always something to be learned from it. And I I love hearing that. That is mm-hmm. Chef's Kiss. Love it. <laughs> William. Well, and the thing is, too, that if if um, children are not known by their teacher, they cannot be effectively taught by their teacher. Mm. And race is one really, really important element of that, um, but is by far not the only element we have. Mm-hmm. You know, in middle school, I, one of the one of the um, I, I talked about, I don't know four, five, six, um, different people of color in the last two weeks, just because I wanted to ask them some questions I'd never, I guess, never had the courage to ask before. Cause I couldn't just say, Hey, what's this like for you? But then mm-hmm. instead I could say, Oh, I'm doing this talk show next Saturday. Could you give me some input? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was fascinating. Um, a couple of students in upper elementary school who were just, like, yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, I've never had any big problems with it. Um, and then I would ask, so when you want to read a book in school, do you have the kind of books that you can read, that you want to read? Do you, can you find the kind of books you want to read? Well, sometimes, you know, I look, I read the title, I look at the pictures, I look at the back cover. Um, when I ask the question, do you like to read books about other people of color? And can you find those books? And one of them said, no, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me. And the other one said, yeah, I really do. But there's not very many of them in our library, mm-hmm. in our classroom. And I said, well, you know what, honey, we're going to fix that. <laughs> because it's important <laughs> that kids can see that, that they can identify with what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. To me, it's just as important for kids who live on a farm 
and kids who live in the city, if they're in the same classroom, the teacher has to use examples from both environments. Right. That's just as important. I had a kid in kindergarten, the one year I taught kindergarten a few years back. Um, <laughs> this poor kid could not get two plus three. Could not. He did all the, because they're supposed to be able to add numbers up to five. And he could do anything. He could add one to any number. He could add two to those numbers. He could not do two plus three. And one day I said to him, Cade, listen, if your grandpa's in the field and he's plowing and he has three John Deere tractors, but he can't get done before the rain. I think I said raking hay because the rain was a problem. I said, mm. and your dad came with two John, five. He didn't even, <laughs> even need me to finish the story. He yeah. was a, he loved John Deere tractors. And ever after that, I used John Deere tractors anytime I needed him to understand something. Mm-hmm. So having a, having a, a, a diverse, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Diverse examples and diverse mm-hmm. lifestyles and literature and, and, and all this stuff to pull from is, right. is incredibly important. And but, yeah, it may and, be hard to find to that in some classrooms. Student. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You have to know your students and you have to also know it's more important than just knowing your students. It's important to know the the culture that they live in. So if you're in mm-hmm. a even if you didn't have any um, Latinx students in your class, but there was a large Latinx community in your in your town, that mm-hmm. should be a part of what you're teaching your kids, because education is really the answer to helping kids understand other people's perspectives. Yeah, if it's done effectively. It's interesting uh, hearing you say that because I, we have a couple of friends up in Canada who, who are yeah. awesome teachers. They're amazing teachers. And one of the reasons they're so effective, I believe, is they initially, at the beginning of the year, they form a relationship with their students. Mm-hmm. Right. It has nothing to do with school. It Usually it'll be, be hatching an egg or something that they do mm-hmm. as a school project, and it becomes... Yep. Yeah. Sort of a bonding thing. It has nothing. I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they use it in schooling. Although it's a bonding thing, and I've watched them over the years. Absolutely amazing teachers, mm-hmm. and they're elementary teachers, and so they're dealing with young yeah. kids, and the kids yeah. love them. Yeah, and it's, it's because of that, and they're able to impart knowledge in a way that. The, mm-hmm. And honestly, I know him. He is a disciplinarian, and he rarely yeah. has to pull the stick out because. Is this at upper halfway? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, to, to throw back to, 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 to Faith's example of having, having a, um, a diverse experiences to pull from and to use in the classroom, as, as you're pointing out, they're a perfect example of when they go to a classroom where they don't have that, right. they don't have a, a, a lot of um, like ethnic connection to where a lot of these kids come from mm-hmm. or cultural connection. So they make a connection. They made a connection yes. with their students, as you say, yes. through that method. And, and that is a perfectly valid way of doing it. And mm-hmm. honestly, really magical to see. Yeah, that shared experience. Exactly. And it was really hard on them as it was in Canada. Again, the, and they were dealing with the Russian community and the First Nations. Mm. In, in conjunction. And, white kids. You know, and yeah. all three of those are a powder keg if you're not, if you don't handle it well. And I was right. absolutely amazed at how they handled it. So I, I think I think it is... It's so important is it is a that people will look at these these news bites 
mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. I go over the top. I get mad at the, at the, <laughs> and not the story. I get mad at the reaction. Mm-hmm. And I yes. get mad at the, on both sides of the fence. I mean, it isn't only on the right who says, ah, we know that two plus two equals four. They don't have, there's nothing racist about that. Right. Well, well, I agree with you. If you read the article, it was never aimed at elementary kids. It was never aimed at two plus two equals four. So that's not even an issue. And yet it was every example in every Mm right-wing newspaper who did it. Well, is two plus two going to equal five now? (laughs) I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but in the defense of the people from the right who are getting upset about it, the paper in a lot of the in a lot of the promotional material for the paper and in the paper itself, I didn't read the entire thing cover to cover, but it didn't do a particularly great job of clarifying that <laughs> no, it's it's purposing and it's it's reason behind that to soften the blow to people who may not already be in alignment with what the paper was 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 uh, right. was teaching, and so it didn't do itself any favors in in trying to make it more acceptable to people who weren't already of that 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 lean. So in the next version of the Will and Dave show, I will be taking the part of the left and William will be taking the part of, <laughs> of the right wing. <laughs> uh. well, and it bugs me. I'm with you there because I hate it when things are presented in an unprofessional way. And I don't I don't I have no idea who wrote the paper in this whole article, but they talked about, um, they used the example, uh, okay, let me put the context around it first. Um, one of the things that, they're saying people should do to create an anti-racist math classroom is make sure that students know all of the different cultures that contributed to mathematics development. And I think everybody should be doing that anyway. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. We give so much credit through our, you know, our Eurocentric view that we think nothing happened before the Greeks and Romans. Um, and it's, it's always amazed me when I bring up something that the Mayans did or that the ancient Chinese did or something, kids Mm -hmm. are just shocked that Mm -hmm. anybody before white people in Europe, you know, started writing it down that anybody knew anything. And I I think that's horrible, but in the, in this paper, they talked about, um, they made reference to Pythagorean's theorem, and I looked Super at that. useful piece like, of information. What? Everyone uses that. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. It's the guy's name is Pythagoras. It, His name yeah. is Pythagoras, and they and we call it the Pythagorean theorem. They called it Pythagorean with the apostrophe theorem. S, like yes. as if his name was Pythagorean. And I was like, you know, if if people want to be taken seriously, they should do their research and actually know. Yeah, they should probably. Yeah. Considering yeah. we, 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 what little research we did into the paper, that there was like a, a committee of people involved in producing mm-hmm. that paper. Oof. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's things like that, though, that I can forgive easier if if it was not attacked as harshly. Yes. Mm-hmm. If there's a mistake in a paper, there's a mistake in a paper. I can live with right. it. I really can't. It, right. It's not a big deal. It, except it's such a hot topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know it's going to be a hot topic and they know it's going to be divisive. And so and so when you do that, you better make sure that your I's are dotted and your mm-hmm. T's are crossed. Yeah. As you're yeah. going to get called right. out. And again, what does the right do? It was really easy to look at the mistake like that and say, hey, you guys aren't very smart. And yeah. And instead what they do is they pick things that have no bearing in the article. 
and they yell right. about two plus two is now going to equal five. And it never says that. Now I, right. so I have questions on the TikTok stuff because I don't know that you can have a class who, you know, who all their classic <laughs> is going to go and do their work in a TikTok video. Although, although I get the fact that's not what, that's not what you're saying, but it, it's so, it's these extremes everybody goes to. Mm-hmm. And it really bothers me. And, and, and honestly, I can forgive the mistakes as I think all of us make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so your except mom for was, me, obviously. Your mom was online this morning and I had made a mistake in some of, of the texts or something. And so um, it's like a minute to airtime and I'm furiously, I'm typing and fix my mistakes. And she looks at me <laughs> and she says, you know, I really wish that you would make notes so you wouldn't do this more often. And, <laughs> except, except I'm an unpaid intern and these people who write these papers are paid professionals. They right? should know it's not Pythagorean's <laughs> theory. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if, if I agree I were with to you, leave, though, it really yeah. is the it really is the big the, the big central issues that we should be focusing on because those are ultimately the things that impact our children's education. Mm-hmm. And if if we're you know so much of the time, I think we take a statement that's made and come up with a rebuttal to that statement, even even something as basic as you know Black Lives Matter and somebody comes up against that with, well, all lives matter. And it's true, but, you know, and I was actually talking to somebody about that this week and how it, it, it minimalizes the first statement when it's rebutted with a second statement. It'd be, it'd be almost, it's almost as bad as you're at somebody's, you know, you're talking to a friend and they said, you know, my, my dad was just diagnosed with cancer and, and, you know, the doctor doesn't know how much longer he has. And, you know, and you say, oh yeah, my dad had such and such one time too. You know, it's just, it's, it's distasteful. The example that I heard that I really loved, oddly enough, especially for me to like this example, it was biblical. When, mm-hmm. when the shepherd goes off to find the one sheep, mm-hmm. does that mean he doesn't care about the other 99 sheep? Right. No, just the one sheep needs, a, needs, needs the shepherd to look out for it. Yeah. When it, whether, whether it's whatever cause, in your case, the example of Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. It's not that nobody's supposed to care about the other lives. It's not like Black Lives right. are the only lives that matter. It's just that that's the one that needs looking at right now. That's mm-hmm. the one that needs addressing. That's the missing sheep. Yeah. And next week on the show, I will be announcing how I am agnostic and William will be pastoring a church in Peterborough, <laughs> Ontario. I'm Deacon Will. I'm Deacon Will now. I am just amazed at the reversal of roles tonight. I, and this was not scripted. This was not planned. No. And I'm I'm sitting here off camera. I'm making notes, William. I'm going to remind you of this tomorrow. <laughs> how dare we find common ground on a show based around finding common ground. Yes, really. Right. What a travesty. It was interesting when I was sitting off camera and I, I was thinking about this, the, all we ask, we've been asking this right from episode one, I believe William, or maybe even, even, even earlier than that. And again, the promo videos quite possible was research and then have a fit. Right. So if you read Google a news article friend. in The Wire or on Glenn Beck's show or God forbid on Tucker Carlson says something that is incendiary, 
<laughs> I just had to say that because I had to get you back in your in your sinful nature there, Will. <laughs> it just, if you hear these things, read first, read what right. they're talking about. And then even better, ask a person who has some skin in the game, who actually, who might know something. In this case, I asked a teacher and I asked a person of color and said, hey, how does this work? Mm-hmm. And amazingly, I came out of the conversations much more informed than I ever did right. reading right. an article in The Wire or any or an article in Newsweek. You know, and you're just, still friends with all of us too, right? Well, except Will. Because yeah, he, except for me. He's yeah. preaching the Bible at me now, and I'm an agnostic now, so I can't have that. <laughs> it, it just is amazing that in such a divisive article, and honestly, I think I think that it was in all the news articles on both sides of the fence. I read a few who were left leaning, and again, they came at it, and again, they were attacking the the attitudes of the right hand, you know, of the Glenn Becks, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's not healthy either. No. So how do we cross this? And I believe it's actually in conversations exactly like this. Yeah. Yeah. Have a conversation. And I with believe a too, person. it's also in focusing on the people that this whole article is meant to serve, which is our children. And in the classroom, no matter what we're doing, if we're not teaching our students to value each other and to value each other's ways of doing things, to value each other's strengths and weaknesses, we're doing them a huge disservice. It really, in the long run, doesn't do kids a lot of good to teach them a whole lot of math and whatever other subject matter we're teaching them if we're not also teaching them how to function as effective human beings in the world in which they live. And mm-hmm. I think that this, 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 when I look at all of the different parts of this document and the different things that it's trying to accomplish, um, while I would, I would never go and implement it in my school, um, I would definitely be taking some of those things and looking at them with my staff and say, okay, what are some ways that, that you can examine how you're teaching math? Are you teaching math just the same way that you were taught and you're expecting your kids to do it because that's the way you did it? Because if so, as teachers, we're dead wrong. And we have to be teaching students to value all aspects of God's creation, that other human beings deserve our respect whether we like what they believe, whether we like how they do something, they still deserve our respect. Yeah. I've got nothing to add to that because that's that's hitting the nail right on the head. It really is. I I don't uh I don't even I don't even have like normally I have I have something I can complain about or something I can whinge about. I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> I have to say that. I love my children and the fact that Allison is tuned in, except that her handle is dead body Smith and she thinks it's good. <laughs> I guess I, <laughs> uh, we got a little bit of an edgy streak going on. Well, I want to say thank you, Faith, for coming on and braving the Will and Dave show. I, I know we're, <laughs> it, it, it's not an easy topic. And I think in having just an educated voice, that comes in and says, Hey Dave, or hey, Will, I got, 
I should end this at Will. Hey, Will, you're all wrong about it. You need to think about it this way. I just appreciate you for yelling at Will this evening and, <laughs> and setting him straight. <laughs> it's, it's, it, this is a, a wonderful example of what we want the show to be. It's not about yes. Will and Dave educating people mm-hmm. on things or, or, or anything like that, because let's be real, we don't have a lot of special or unique knowledge to educate with, but we can facilitate people like you who are knowledgeable and do have really invaluable things to say about these topics and, and give you a platform. And that is, that is ultimately the, one of the biggest goals of, 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 of this entire process and this entire show. It is. Well, and you're, mo- you're modeling what we're talking about tonight, which is focusing on the how and not on the what. It's not so much what you do and what you say, although those things are important in many cases, but mm-hmm. how it's done and what the, if the end result allows us to still remain in relationship one another with one another and still have com- ongoing communication and respect for each other, then we've been successful. And hopefully yeah. we've become a little less close-minded and been a little more willing to see somebody else's point of view. I don't know. I'm an evangelical Christian. I am old and I have no hair. I'm pretty close minded. <laughs> you don't have to be. It's never too late, Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's never too late. It, you can get microblading done. The hair could come back. Who knows? <laughs> so the other two are out of the question, but the hair is yeah, 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 they're, 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 long, they're long gone. <laughs> Foregone conclusion there, Dave. Okay. Well, thank you, Faith, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And I believe we're going to have this conversation again in the future, as I think it is important. Mm. And honestly, education with our kids is such a huge thing. And yes, it yeah. is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we really thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. We will see you next time, Faith. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Good night. William. Yes, Dave. I think we should just shut up and have guests because yep. our last few ones have been so good. We say that as we're about to talk about what we're going to talk about next week. I think, folks, next week you might see the side of Will and Dave that we haven't seen yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about Nazis, book burning, and Dr. Seuss. Oh, my god! It's going to be a, a gay old time. I made the mistake of calling up William this week about a topic. I, I mean, anybody who's who's online at all has heard about the Dr. Yeah. Seuss stuff and, and all this nonsense. And I... So I've been seeing memes that are just killing me. And and so I called up Will and said, hey, are you seeing these memes? I don't think we hung up on each other, but it was pretty close. Pretty close. There were some words exchanged. And then I I put out and I was like, Dave, 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 stop. We need to stop arguing about this or we're going to reach a resolution. We need we need to argue about this on air. This is this is our shtick now. This is our shtick. Got to bottle bottle it and, and you know, hold off on this. I appreciate that, Monty. That is is a. It was a good word to hear from somebody who is an educator in a Christian environment. Mm-hmm. That hey, there is merit there, and it was important to us. So, and and myself being from a, a pretty pretty left leaning and 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 secular viewpoint, it. Everything that she said had yeah. had full value, regardless yeah. of of religious or political lean. Yeah, William, we're Dave. an hour in, almost an hour. Yeah, we're about this on, has been on, awesome. on on the button. This has been awesome. I've appreciated. Last two our weeks last... have been fantastic. 
last three really, right? We had Jayla. Yeah, yeah. Him. Jayla was fantastic too, honestly. Sorry, Faith, Jayla. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah. My my apologies. Yeah, it it's been it's been a it's been educating for us. That's a that's a good way of putting it. It's been very educational yeah. for both of us. If, I, if nothing else for me, it's been very uh, I'm, I'm having to check myself a little bit because each time we got like, especially the last two weeks with with Anne and, 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 and Faith, knowing their religious background and everything, I am internally like before the show, I'm like psyching myself up. I'm like, I hope I don't butt heads with them. I hope I'm not arguing about things with them. I don't want to get into a row. I don't want to be rolling my eyes, metaphorically speaking. And I don't like both of both of these these last two weeks have been eye-opening experiences for me and i i can easily say that i agree with almost everything that they have said without reservation and i check my own prejudice at the gate on the way into the show and just in day-to-day life well and that is a lesson i think all of us ought to take in all areas of our life is leave our prejudice at the at the gate yeah have the conversation with somebody as as we have said a number of times on this show and others have said, have a cup of coffee with somebody that you disagree with and do it civilly. Mm. Or failing person. that, you could always just buy us a cup of coffee. Right. Oh, oh man, William. What a segue. What a segue. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I'm not getting paid <laughs> enough for this. So if you want to support the show, you can buy us a metaphorical coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the Will and Dave show. It's just a one-time donation to help support the show if you feel inclined to do so. You would have thought we planned that. And honestly, folks, there was no planning whatsoever. I was all serious. And Will's the one that pulled the humor out of that one. I wasn't sure if you were intentionally doing that. But as soon as I started saying it, I saw your eyes pop open. And I was like, oh. Nope. No, I'm sitting here and thinking, okay. Okay, we need to end the show. And again, I've got to get to where we're going to go with your your be safe, don't die line. I'm thinking, how do we do this? Yep. Nailed so buymeacoffee.com, the Will and Dave, or Will and Dave show. And if you yeah. want to see the old episodes, they're all on YouTube, obviously, or you can go yep. to our website. Thewillanddaveshow.com. And on there, what we'd love to have you guys do hmm. is enter yes. your questions. It's really easy on a mobile device. You, you can actually make a video. It's yep. really easy to do. And we will play it on air. We will warn you or now. You, we will mock you if your English <laughs> is bad or you ask stupid questions. Or we won't it, if it's a language barrier. But if you're no. a native English speaker and your English is bad, we will mock you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, but yeah, we don't have to air your videos on air. If you want to send us a video but don't want it on air, just let us know. We're, yeah. we're not here to, to shame anybody. We just like to have fun. But yeah, if you've got questions, uh, we would love to hear them and we'd love to talk about them on air. Yeah. So without further ado, William, do you have anything further for our fine listeners this evening? Nope. It's been a wonderful evening. Stay safe, folks. Don't die.